0: You are listening to The Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number 16. Welcome to The Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Welcome. To the show, I'm uh, WC. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Another great week. I hope it was good for you. We actually had a family getaway last weekend, and it was uh, it was fun. I it's amazing how much I really appreciate these times now as my kids are getting older, and all five of us were together and just had a great time. Spent uh, a couple nights at a hotel, not too far away, about an hour and a half drive, but uh, just had a great time. And as I said, as this time is going away and they're getting older, I really. Appreciate when we're together and we're just laughing and having so much fun and it was it was a blast. So, um, boy, that was great. Also, getting ready for camping this week. anybody anybody made that horrible mistake of buying a camper in the last couple of years with COVID? I hear there's going to be a bunch on the market. Mine might be there too. No, I'm kidding. I uh, I, I tease Kay because uh, she I'm gonna well, let me just say it straight. She talked me into it, but uh, actually, I really enjoy it although the preparation for it seems a little uh, overwhelming at times. But you know what? I'm really liking it. And going to do our first trip of the season, headed uh, about four or five hours away. And just really looking forward to that. So hope you have a a great uh, weekend planned as well. And I I want to mention, as Kay and I, over the years, we've started to to reconnect with old friends and even making new friends. You don't really know who knows your story and, and who doesn't. And um, which was one of the reasons that uh, wrote the book again, the Unlikely Felon book, which is what this podcast, The Unlikely Felon, is based on, and uh, had contact with. Uh, well, it's been it's been a, a little bit challenging. Um, it's been, at times because you, like I say, you don't know who knows your story and, and who does, and had, had ran into somebody at a party and they had known they've known us for a while and. They said, "What about what book?" And I said, started to explain the situation. And they uh, they didn't really, really need to say anything. Their body language said it all. But but here's the key, uh, the part that I took away from it. And even though they were, I could see they were affected by not knowing our situation. All of a sudden, they, boom! It's <laughs> they, it's kind of there, and they're they're trying to evaluate it. Here's the, the key part for me: you have to stand by your truth, your story, no matter how others react. And the reality is that we were. Incredibly lucky. We've been incredibly grateful since uh, the case took place, and I think most people would be divorced, broke, dead, maybe, maybe all of those things. But we survived, and, and we're even thriving today. So, I thought I'd talk about getting to the subject of happiness a little bit, and especially when talk about a marriage and how ours survived. Then uh, inspiration. I'm going to go through the Manning brothers. And the loss of uh, vision, even though you lose your vision, you can still find happiness depending on how you look at it. Oh, no no pun intended there, but we'll get into that and then finish with how do you become happier? What are some of these steps? And, uh, and here's the thing, there is no path to happiness. Happiness is the path, of course, from the Buddha. There's a Harvard study. As you guys know, I like to get into the science a little bit, but Harvard study led by Dr. Wahlberger. Actually, sorry, Waldinger. And he found a strong link between happiness and close relationships with family and friends. And the way he defined it was a personal connection creates emotional stimulation, which is an automatic mood booster, while isolation is a mood buster. So the other gentleman that I like to to follow and read his stuff is Sean Anker, who's the author of The Happiness Advantage. And he's done a ton of research on this subject. And he's still, I still like to say it's joy over happiness. But again, for today's purposes, really talking about what, what's going to make you happy. And as Sean talks about, um, he, he's, he gets into a, actually a really good talk. It's, um I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's on TED Talk and he I, I highly recommend it just look up Sean Aker he argues that happiness inspires us to be more successful not the other way around so that's a big question for today do you need to be successful in your life in order to be happy or is it you need to be happy which then leads to success uh, and i think when we're positive as Sean talks about our brains become more engaged creative motivated energetic um, just ways to overcome some of those problems, even more productive, I think it works. So again, that question, is it success, which gets helps you reach higher levels of happiness, or is it happiness helps you become more successful? And I used to be someone with the first part of that, but uh, let's talk about a couple different areas. So there's positive psychology. So when researching happiness, productivity, creativity, Science looks at the average and the models, usually, of the standards. So what positive psychology points out is that we want to try to, to get to an average level, or as Sean says, remain there at that average point. He likes to contrast it and talk about how not just understanding what the average is or understanding why some people, he uses the word outliers, but why do some people score better on some of these traits, such as intellectual ability, creativity, energy, resonance, even relationships and life partners. He says, quote, maybe we can glean information, not just on how to move people up to the average, again, average of happiness, but move the entire average in our companies and schools worldwide. And I like Sean's, uh, his, it's kind of his focus and his process. He also talks about the way we view the world, and maybe this is an obvious one, but one important aspect is that view, and as he notes, the question assumes that our external reality shapes our happiness, when in fact, he claims that 90% of the long-term happiness lies in the way we process the external world and it's kind of what we talked about last week. It's it's not just what happens to us, but how we react to it. And his quote is, it's not necessarily the reality that shapes us, but the lens through which our brain views the world that shapes your reality. So the formula is for happiness and success it comes down to the idea that the way we see reality is again shaped by that view. But the conclusion is that if you're changing your mindset, you can boost your happiness, which in turn Changes your reality. Sean finds that, and I, I love some of his, uh, his information. Only twenty five percent of job success is, pre- is predicted by IQ. With the rest, about of course seventy five percent, relying on things like optimism, support, the ability to to overcome problems, the ability to see stress as a challenge instead of a threat. That's a big one, right? Let me say it again: see stress. And I know I I um, struggle with this all the time see stress as a challenge instead of a a stress. So at the moment, when you look at most companies, schools, even I think families, they follow a formula of that whole thing of working harder to become more successful, which again, brings on the happiness. I I like Sean. He talks about the flaw of each time we reach success, we raise the bar and we need to aim higher. So the long-term happiness always has to be out of reach. So you hit something, you accomplish something. Oh, well, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when we achieve that. I'll be happy when my kids are out of school. I'll be happy when I have a new job. I'll be happy when I lose that uh, 10 or 15 pounds. (laughs) And as he explains, our brains work in the opposite way. Being more positive will help us perform better right? According to his findings, being in a positive state, as opposed to negative, neutral, or stress that raises our intelligence, energy, creativity, our productivity, all that good stuff. So we need to reverse that formula for happiness and success. It goes back to that thing again, right? Instead of once I'm successful, I'll be happy. Or once I accomplish A, B and C, or once um, as I, as I had somebody taught me one time, they said, well, once my kids, I raise my kids and, and they're out of the house, I'll be happy. And I just looked at them, okay. But it's more of that, how do I find that happiness point? And then that creates the success that I want. In uh, what we should have done segment today, I want to talk about uh, Kay and I, our, our marriage. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I think when Uh, Things like this happen in your life, and you're in a situation, in a case, in a legal battle. And for the most part, people's relationships are are torn apart, right? They end up divorced, um, maybe even their suicide, uh, or maybe their their relationships in shambles. But we've not only survived, we've had just an incredible relationship. And I think it's more art, maybe, than science. Um, As I write in the book, uh, one of the heroes of this story. This actually is in the introduction. Again, the book, uh, The Unlikely Felon on um, Amazon. Uh, one of the heroes of this book is my wife, Kay, the most amazing caregiver the world has ever seen. As you read this book, you'll witness her evolution and how she and I became more and more connected as we faced the deaths deaths of loved ones and then legal problems. Though, So the thing is that we were both scared out of our minds. Um, as I write, how could anyone's marriage survive this tragedy? And I later write talking about Graham. She was uh, she was tough with my mom and dad, but they never did much to make her proud. I, I said, quote, she didn't like my mom and told people that she wasn't good enough for my dad. I'm sure that devastated my mother and helped send the marriage spiraling. Graham also micromanaged my dad, constantly telling him what to do, how to do it, and he responded with anger. And, and just a you know, side note there, she was very helpful with him financially in a lot of different ways. But he was always angry. Um, and as I said, wrote in the book, it was a formula for disaster. He never really grew up often acting like a rebellious teen, even as a 50-year-old man. So I thought about why I looked at my parents' marriage and why it uh, struggled and, and ended in divorce. <laughs> more Maybe more misery than even the divorce. There were so many things that they uh, were not connected to, and why is it that when you think about it, ninety-eight percent of marriages don't um, don't have the types of tools that they need? And I know I don't know what the latest divorce statistics are, but I'm sure they used to be fifty percent. They're probably higher, especially with the pandemic and different things. But I, when I look at myself and, and why our marriage has lasted and we just have a, a fantastic relationship, I think it started with myself being willing to become a better husband, a better better father. Um, and maybe Kay pushed me, like, get it together or get out. No, she didn't say that. But it really pushed me to, to work on those sort of things kind of as that first step. And as I've looked at it this week, I, I came up with kind of three areas, I think, that made such a difference for us. And and number 1, we each have our own goals and our own direction, but we help each other with them. I think that's a big one. Either people in a relationship you don't have goals or you you have totally separate lives, separate goals, you're doing separate things. We've always done those things together even though they're not all the same. We don't always agree, but we work on those together. Number 2 is we when we fight, we make up and and we feel it. There's an old saying, we, if you feel it, say it, and we do that. I think that's a big difference. We don't hold that in. And and then as uh, we learned in Sandler, they used to say collecting stamps <laughs> and you collect stamps to the point to where you just blow up, but we fight and then we make up and, and that's okay. That's a good thing. And then third, we really genuinely like each other. We like being around each other. And I think we like to serve one another in a sense of what can I do to help you? What can I do to make your day better? What can I do to make your life easier? I, I genuinely think those are the three things and obviously there's a lot more to it but we just really like each other just a quick break to let you know that today's podcast is sponsored by the amazon associates program which is one of the largest affiliate networks in the world that helps content creators publishers and website owners monetize their traffic our inspiration story this week is the manning brothers and if you're a a football fan or or uh well you when I think, when I say Manning brothers, you probably think of who, Peyton and of course, Eli, but uh, that's not today. No, today is about Bradford and Brian. They were born with a Stargardt disease, which is an inherited form of macular degeneration. <laughs> WC's tough word of the week that causes vision loss over time. By the time they were in their thirties, they only had their peripheral vision left. So what'd they do? Well, they uh, they just gave up. No, <laughs> they, uh, they actually came up with this really neat concept. It's called mystery boxes. But basically what they were able to do was send out these customers would shop for a box which had clothing in it. And that was like polo shirts and T-shirts and hoodies and socks, sunglasses, all this different kind of stuff. And they promoted it through uh, social media and all their relationships and both had been uh, successful as far as some business ventures they had before, but they ended up anyways, going out and they generated about $700,000 through these mystery boxes. So again, just really cool idea. Bradford and Brian Manning, if you get a chance, go ahead and, and uh, check that out. So uh, ending today, becoming more positive. So what are the ways to train our brain? i, I always talk about a couple steps and That you can do, and again through some research and experience, you've got Sean uh, Anchor that I talked about earlier with his happiness projects and everything he's done. If you get a chance again, check out his TED talks. Talks about gratitude, writing down three things you're grateful for each day. I use a five minute journal, which is really cool. You can talk about what went well. what the what you're grateful for. Sean has an exercise he likes to do it 21 days to train your brain to automatically start thinking about this. So you just journal each day, maybe even write down one positive experience from the last 24 hours. Of course, meditation, you hear me talking about that all the time. Um, that counters those effects, especially if you're overwhelmed and you feel like you need to get to that level of whatever it is to, quote, be happy. Um, and it's just focusing on maybe even random acts of kindness things that you can do for other people. I know for me, again, that joy is a little bit different than the happiness, but even being present in the moment, and I focus on that even as I look to going camping this weekend is I just want to be present with my kids and my wife and our relatives and all the people that are joining us and not worried about the challenges and the things that would make me unhappy or Am I, um, I reaching the success this quarter that I was supposed to? Blah, blah, blah. It's being in that moment and being present and understanding that um, that's how you're going to increase your happiness. So, um, thank you for joining me today. I know, uh, like I said, it's been a good week. I hope that uh, take away a couple things that you can increase your happiness level. And again, that question is it, I need to be successful first? and then I'm happy? Or do I create opportunities in my life, tools, and the things that I do on a daily basis that make me happy, which then helps me be successful in whatever I do, whether you're retired and you want to have new hobbies and new things or promoted at work, have your business be more successful, whatever it is. So hope, hope you. Uh, I hope you have a great week. Thanks again for the feedback. Please keep it coming. Um, love the the feedback on the the uh, Amazon reviews, as well as the podcast, all that good stuff. And again, let me know if there's certain subjects that you'd like me to cover. Always open to that. So hope, uh, hope you have a great week. This is W.C. Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy W.C.'s new book, sign up for the newsletter, and see his speaking engagement schedule.